Amanda, remember that time the owner of a lingerie company wrote a tell-all about the royal family? Welcome to Remember That Time, an historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb, and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all their favorite moments in history. And we're back with more Queen Elizabeth. QE2 Part 2. QE2 Part 2. Amanda was making a lot of weird faces. I was indeed. Well, only for for those of you listening, you'll be getting this, you know, couple weeks apart. We are recording this only a day apart, and I'm right. already in a brand new sub uh, setup. Because yeah, this is what moving is. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, we. So for us, we recorded part one yesterday. Um, so yeah, we, I didn't want to wait a week or two to record the other half because I would have been like, "What did we talk about last time? I don't remember." So. <laughs> Um, here we are. Yeah. Fresh in our heads. Ready for part two. Yeah, um, let's do it. If this somehow is the first episode of ours that you've ever clicked on, um, pause and go back and listen to part one because otherwise you're going to be picking up the middle of the story, which is confusing. Um, yeah. So- when I was checking my time hop today, uh, uh-huh. it, I came up the last time we did a part a two-part episode mm. it was like a couple years ago today when we did nikola tesla in the current gonna wars say, was that nikola tesla yes it was yeah. um yeah that was a, a bit of a beast too yeah i had some things <laughs> to say mom asked me our mom asked me something about we were talking about um power cords or something because she needed one for something and um, okay we were talking about the difference between the types of electric current. And mom was like, I don't understand what any of that is. I, it doesn't mean anything to me. And dad was like, oh, well, it's this or that. And then he said, like, did did you know that? And I said, um, yes, because I know a strange amount about Nikola Tesla. And he was and like, And his oh, development right. of that technology. Yeah, he was like, oh, right, sure, sure, sure. Yep, yep. Well, that's not who we're talking about today. We're talking no. about Queen Elizabeth II. Before we get into part two, would you like a drink update? Of course. Because it is a new day, so it's a it new is. beverage. I'm having red wine today. Back on ah, my, my regular BS. <laughs> appropriate. Appropriate to finish out um, yes. the Windsor line. Well, not really, no. but for now. <laughs> not the end of the Windsor line. It's not, but it is for us for now. Yeah. Yes, for now. For and like a, a for clip. Probably for a while. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I don't know that I'll ever be interested in talking about Charles. Because we've talked yeah, about no Diana and she's more interesting anyway, so. <laughs> for sure. I'm having water. Okay. Excellent. Same old, same old. Excellent. Okay, so we left off in the last episode um, in the 80s. And Queen Elizabeth II had just survived a couple of assassination attempts. Oh my god, I forgot that's where and, we stopped yesterday. And, <sighs> yes, and a break-in from someone who had snuck into her room. I, in can't, I, still, I still can't believe that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back into it around the 80s. Um, okay. We're going to jump back just a bit because it was 1979 when Margaret Thatcher becomes the Prime Minister of England. This woman. Yes. Yeah, so we're not going to go too in-depth about 
Thatcher specifically, because again, like she could be her own episode. She, yeah, it, she's her own beast. It was a weird time in Britain, the, the Thatcher <laughs> era. Truly. Um, but it, when it comes to Elizabeth, um, Elizabeth II and Margaret Thatcher didn't have a great relationship. Um, now, Margaret Thatcher would later said like, you know, it actually wasn't as bad as people seem to think, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> she, I don't know. You know what? Of the two of them, she'd be the one to say that. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else is interesting is that the two of them are only like a few months apart in age. Like That's Thatcher crazy. is only a few months older than um, Queen Elizabeth. That's and I just wild. found that really interesting. Um, But... On July 20th of 1986, the Sunday Times uh, reports that Elizabeth is worried that Margaret Thatcher's economic policies um, are are <laughs> making the country kind of upset, fairly enough. Um, there's a lot of social division. There's a very high unemployment rate. Lots of riots. Um, the There's a miners' strike. And the biggest sticking point is that Margaret Thatcher uh, refuses to apply sanctions against apartheid in South Africa. And yeah, big (laughs) time. Elizabeth is actually surprisingly very much for these sanctions. Now she's not political, so she can't really say that. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if she, I as feel much like any as public figure could, at that time should have been. Yeah, as much as she could, she pushed for for these right. um, sanctions. Uh, now, you know, we can sit here in the year 2023 and say, well, she absolutely should have publicly said something about it. Um, but that is not Elizabeth. And that is also not the time in which or a, the crown. a monarch would have said something. Yeah. 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 But like, think about it. If. Let's say a series of strange events happened and suddenly Prince Harry was still was still in the royal family and was on the throne today. Would he say something publicly? Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But but Elizabeth would never. Philip no. would never. Charles probably would never. Yeah. Um, William so, probably would never. William either. absolutely would never. He doesn't care. Um <laughs> this is this is absolutely a Prince William uh hate podcast that's yeah big time yeah yeah, yeah um, for sure not that, that we necessarily sucks. like stan harry because there are still some issues there but we're, we absolutely stan Meghan markle and we absolutely yeah. hate prince william so we are we are on their side in the yeah. issue <laughs> anyway um so that's a big point of contention in their relationship mm-hmm. um you know ultimately thatcher gets the boot at a certain point which is again another story um but she does uh in the end give thatcher two honors um she gives her membership in the order of merit and the order of the garter um after she's out of office so you know it's not like she was shunned (laughs) from yeah, or all, like Elizabeth was spiteful towards right. her or whatever. Yeah. Right. But they didn't really uh, have a great relationship. Mm. In 1986, Elizabeth uh, goes to the People's Republic of China for six days, and this makes her the first British monarch to visit that country. That's interesting. 
in May of 1990. She went to a couple, huh? She went to a couple of communist countries, sort of. Yes, she did. Mid Cold War. That's very interesting. Yeah, that it is very interesting that mm-hmm. she chose that time to do mm-hmm. it. The, well, the times that she visited when, were when relations were improving, but still, it's like, yeah, hmm, yeah. interesting. Relations were improving, but public sentiment was not. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. In May of 1991, um, she becomes the first British monarch to address a joint meeting of the United States Congress, and it's after, um, you know, the Gulf War. Huh, um, Interesting. Which I I didn't actually know, so I found that really interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, and now we reach 1992. What a year. The year of my birth. A terrible year for the British royal family. The British monarchy? (laughs) (laughs) Is that a sign? (laughs) I think it might be. I came into the world and I said, suffer. All of you. Um, Not for real. I don't wish suffering (laughs) on anybody. Okay, so... um, we're going to kind of jump a little bit throughout 1992 here. But basically, in on November 24th of 1992, she gives a speech um, during her Ruby Jubilee. <laughs> and she calls this year her Annus Horribilis, which is a Latin phrase meaning horrible year. <laughs> if you've watched The Crown, you've seen this. They they talk about the speech and the Annus Horribilis. Um, actually, I think the episode is called that Annus Horribilis. Mm. Um, there are a lot of reasons that she feels this has been a terrible year. Um, <laughs> a big one is that two of her children uh, divorce their spouses during this year. Andrew and Anne both get divorces. Um, Andrews is notably very dramatic. I recommend reading about, uh, his marriage and divorce. I mean, he's a terrible person. Um, so I understand if you don't want to learn anything about him, but the (laughs) drama surrounding the divorce is, uh, interesting. Worth Um, your time. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) and, um... I found this quote. I don't remember where it was from, but I'm going to just read the whole thing. Angry demonstrators in Dresden threw eggs at Elizabeth during a state visit to Germany in October. (laughs) Um, And then in November of that year, a big fire breaks out at Windsor Castle. Oh, my gosh. While she's there or not while she's there. Okay. Um, But it I can't remember how how many rooms it broke into, but there was a lot of damage. And. They show it again on the crown, and it was really interesting because they show them, like, bringing out all of the, like, paintings and, uh, you know, all that stuff that they're trying to save. Because there's nobody in when it happens, so they're not really worried about, like, rescuing people. But they've got all this historical stuff inside. Yeah. Like a museum catching on fire, basically. Right, right. So that was wild and it's one of her like official residences if you remember from episode one she spends Mm -hmm. a lot of time in windsor castle she grew up there a lot of her Uh life um so that was a big bummer for her Um, (laughs) bummer oh one of your many fancy houses full of artifacts you stole caught on fire i know for real although it i don't want those artifacts to catch fire i i just also don't want her and the family to have them to have them Uh, yeah (laughs) right um so during the speech that she gives she is actually kind of 
personal in it. She says that any institution must accept criticism, which was like a big step for a royal to say. Yeah. Um, then she kind of <laughs> said, then she was like, but be nice to us about it, though. Because we're having a really hard time. It must be done with, quote, a touch of humor, gentleness, and understanding. Um, a couple of days after the speech, the then British Prime Minister John Major announces plans to reform the royal finances. That's um, <laughs> So they had kind of been working on it for a while because there's a lot of criticism about the royal family's finances. Yep. Um, and so, because of all this, in 1993, and from that time onwards, Elizabeth starts paying income tax. That's crazy. And the idea like the first, that the royal family yeah. would be paying income taxes is Well, insane. I mean, it, you know. No, I mean, it's good. It's just, like, also wild to think about. It, yeah, it is. But it had to happen at some point. Yeah, totally. Um, and they also make a reduction of the civil list, which is, like, the list of people who get paid by... Um, the government, I think, if I remember correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong, Brits, but I think that's what it is. Okay. Um, Also in 1992, that December, big news, Charles and Diana separate. They're not divorced yet, but they have officially separated. Big drama. And also in this year, toward the end of the year, Elizabeth sues The Sun, the newspaper, for breach of copyright because they published the text of her annual Christmas message two days before it was supposed to be broadcast. Oh, my gosh. Um, She did win, and the newspaper is forced to pay her legal fees, and they donate um, £200,000 to charity as part of the agreement. But I found this really interesting because... There's such a fuss about Harry suing the media over there, but it's not the first time a royal has has sued a no. member of the media or a newspaper. No. Um, and I did not know about this. I, did, I had huh. no idea. And it's funny because it's over copyright, too. Like, it's not like well, it's I mean, libel or anything like that, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but it's over copyright. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... It's like when you can't get somebody on one charge, so you get them on something yeah, else. It's of, like they couldn't yeah. get them for libel, we, so they sued them for copyright instead. Totally. Because we are totally in the era now, at this point in her life, of the media swarms around the royal family. Now, we could talk in depth about how that all works. But mm-hmm. frankly, I'm going to recommend to everybody that if you want more information on this, to read Prince Harry's book. Because yeah. he talks a lot in the book about how the media and their relationship to the royal family and the the system that works behind the royal family, how all of that kind of meshes together. It's really interesting. And it's very interesting to read it from his perspective based on who his mother is and what uh-huh. he experienced in relation to what happened to his mother. What she went through, yeah. Yeah, so we're, I'm not going to talk too much about the media um, in this story because they, for the most part, left Elizabeth alone. It was just the rest of her family that became fodder. Um, I mean, Yeah, we talked about entirely, it a little bit. But... <laughs> We talked about it a little bit when we talked about Diana also. Yeah, and we could talk about it more if we ever do an episode on Margaret. Because a big part of the the wedge driven between Elizabeth and Margaret, I mean, it's not just that Elizabeth is now queen and Margaret is, quote unquote, the spare, right? You know, she's not, Margaret is not ever going to 
take the throne, but the media really played a part in their distance from one another Mm -hmm. because Margaret was very attractive to the British tabloids because she went out, she was fun in comparison to her sister. They were always comparing them to each other. Yeah. And they are very, very different. And when you point out those differences, it can really drive a wedge in a sort of sisterly mm-hmm. relationship. Plus, Margaret wanted all of these things that the queen could yeah. not give her. So anyway, that was a tangent. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so in January of 1994, Elizabeth um, is riding her horse at Sandringham and it trips and falls and she breaks the scaphoid bone in her left wrist. Oof. Um, in October of 1994, she becomes the first reigning British monarch to set foot on Russian soil. Now that is wild to me. There is a, a, an, also an episode of The Crown about this, which is really interesting. That's wild to me. They, because the British monarchy had a relationship with the czars. Mm-hmm. Why would they not? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yes, the British family and the Russian royal family, I think that's what you're talking about, were, yes. were related. Yeah, and so it's, like, um, wild to me that they would have never been on Russian soil. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, it might be that before they were considered Britain, quote-unquote, there probably was some... Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Because uh-huh. there was change, so it might just be that she is the, quote-unquote, British monarch that... Do, do you see what I'm saying? Yes, I do. But also, um, I don't know that the British royals really had much reason to ever go to Russia. Yeah, I guess not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. they weren't at war. They also weren't close allies. <laughs> so, other than they were related. But so were they to everyone else. <laughs> right. Now, the Russian czars, they... Tr- they wanted to come to Britain when they were getting ousted. <laughs> Nicholas II wanted to come to Britain, yeah. um, but it did not happen. Um, yeah, and th- they're actually the episode of the Crown about it is really interesting because she actually talks a lot about like the family line, like her relatives that are Russian, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really interesting. And also in that episode, they slide in the bit about how they used um, Philip's DNA to identify um, the the children of the czar that were buried separately. Um, oh. Because I don't know if you knew that. I remember hi- having heard that, yeah. yeah. So they talk about that in the episode two, which was um, really interesting. Hmm. Okay, so it's 1995. Charles and Diana are all over the news because yeah. people now publicly know that the marriage is really, really bad. Um, they've been talking smack. <laughs> they've both now openly admitted publicly to having extramarital affairs or relationships or whatever um and so elizabeth in this year writes to charles and diana saying you have to get divorced now like we're past that we have to do it it's time yeah 
Um, which I think is wild because she has to give them permission for a divorce. And she could have done that a while ago. But, uh-huh. you know, they got to hold on to their traditions or whatever. And she didn't want the whatever. Um, but she <laughs> she writes to them both. And she's like, time to give it up. We got, you know, it's time. It's time. <laughs> your so separation divorce, is causing more problems than your divorce it, would. Yeah, 100%. So the divorce is finalized in 1996, and Diana is stripped of her royal title. Uh, If you want to know more about the whole divorce and the drama and all of that, go listen to our episode about Diana. Um, So then, of course, in August of 1997, Diana is killed in a car crash in Paris. So we're going to talk about how, you know, that relates back to the queen. So at the time of the accident, Elizabeth is at Balmoral with mm-hmm. some of the extended family, um, including William and Harry. Um, right. So they find out while they're there, and the kids want to go to church after finding out, so they she takes them, and then mm-hmm. they're not really seen again for several days. Um, for about five days, they they stay inside. Elizabeth is really intent. She, I'll tell you what, she really switches into grandma mode here. And yeah. I don't, I personally don't blame her for it. She, I think, genuinely really wanted to keep those boys out of the public eye as long as possible. Well, she knows what it's like to have to grieve in public. Absolutely. And they're so young. And how hard that was on her. Yeah. And it's so, it's so drastic and tragic it's not like they it's not like she was sick and they kind of had time to prepare prepare yeah um so she is there and the whole country is mourning and not Mm -hmm. seeing their queen Mm -hmm. um and there are a lot of public demands that she be seen they Mm -hmm. want her to come out and basically mourn in front of them yeah now, I never feel sorry for a queen of a country, for the most part, at least not an mm-hmm. imperial one. Mm-hmm. But as a grandmother, I do feel for her here. Yeah. Because, She's um, trying to give them a privilege that the royals don't get, which is the right yeah. to mourn in private. Yeah. And also, yeah. I understand that she's the queen and, and people feel like they have a right to certain things about her because they pay her salary. But I think what you never have a right to is someone's mourning. Yeah. Like, they wanted her to come out and publicly mourn in front of all of them so that they could see how she was mourning, right? Because mm-hmm. ultimately what they want is to say, is she with us? Is she sad like we are? Or does she not care? And how can we judge her for that? Which is bizarre. Yeah. So I, I get the perspective of wanting to know if she's mourning at all, given the of scenario course, but that they why were in. You assume oh she's she was in private with her because she's not coming out in right. public. Yeah. Yeah. So because you know, I and I also understand like everybody in in the public understands that like the Queen and Diana, at least from their perception, are at odds with one another. Right. So they want to know like does she care about this person's death? But it's like, of course she does. Diana is the mother of her grandchildren. Again, yeah. like, and also that whole like relationship, we'll never really know 
really how the two of them were in private because mm-hmm. it's not the type of thing Elizabeth will ever would ever speak about and yeah. it's not the type of thing that Diana could necessarily accurately describe because she has such a bias against this family that she perceives to have wronged her and she's right about that mm-hmm. but you know we I don't know that we can really like trust her word on the queen's attitude toward her because it's not like the queen was ever outwardly hostile about her right does Mm -hmm, does that make sense mm -hmm. what i'm saying anyway that's not the point so also she she doesn't ask for the flag to be flown half mast at buckingham palace and that That feels like she maybe should have done that (laughs) now i think I think that the reason for this is because the queen was not there. So, and again, Brits, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that when the queen is at a residence, the flag flies there. And when she is not, it doesn't. I think so. That since she wasn't correct. presiding there, it wouldn't have been she flying might, in the first place. Exactly. Got it. They do. So maybe it was flown half mast at Balmoral, and we, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And they did, they did put it up when she got to london so mm-hmm. so she's being pressured by this really hostile reaction she's trying to keep her grandkids um private um but she she has to go back to london so she does she she returns back there and she does a live television broadcast on september 5th um which you can watch um and she pays tribute to diana it's the day before the funeral that's when they get back to london mm-hmm. um and she says, um, she she basically just expresses like, you know, I'm mourning for my grandkids, you know, as their grandmother and um, will celebrate Eliz- or Diana's life because she was a really positive influence on the world. And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty good speech. Um, and uh, I also found this interesting during the funeral. So the family comes out to the gates of Buckingham Palace, which doesn't usually happen. They stood at the gates for when the coffin passed by for the initial mm-hmm. um, before they joined, like the funeral procession. Sure. Um, so the whole family stands there and Elizabeth actually bows her head as it passes, which I think I don't know if that was calculated to get her some positive reaction, but. Either way, it did work because that it was, was a, move. a very that yeah, was the was move very, like solemn move. So that's as much as we're going to talk about Charles and Diana here. Um, so let's move on. Um, okay, so in October of 1997, Elizabeth and Philip make a state visit to India, and they go to the. I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. They go to the site of the. Jaliava, nope. Let me try again. <laughs> Jaliavalabag. Sorry mm-hmm. if I said that wrong. Um, massacre. Um, oh no, we'll talk about in a second what that was. But while they're there, there are protests. They're shouting, "Killer Queen, go back!" Um, there are lots of demands for her to apologize for the actions of the British troops that caused this mass massacre, like seventy-eight years before her visit. Mm-hmm. Um, so. What it what this was was um, a massacre that happened in 1919. A group of protesters had gathered at the Jalia Valabag. Um, it's a garden um, in 
in Punjab in British India. Um, and they're all pinned in by the police and the British, you know, royal uh, army or whatever mm-hmm. branch is there at the time. Um, and they open fire on these protesters. Mm-hmm. Um, the death toll is estimated. Um, there are different estimates. They vary between 379 and 1,500 people. Um, and over 1,200 were injured. Um, and of those, 192 were seriously injured. Jeez. So there's a big negative reaction when she visits. Um, obviously, (laughs) because while she did not, uh, you know, send this command for this to happen, it was still her government Mm -hmm. that I'm going to assume still has not really made amends for this. For that action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, hey, I get it. Uh, she and Philip, like, lay a wreath and have, like, a moment of silence and, people soften a little bit but i mean come on wreath laying yeah. that's gonna do it i don't think so yeah we're gonna loop back around to this massacre we're gonna touch back on it again in a little while okay um okay so um in 1999 um as part of the process of devolution in the uk elizabeth formally opens newly established legislatures in Wales and Scotland. So they're getting a little more Mm -hmm. self-governance. And then in May, she, or sorry, um, those legislatures are the National Assembly for Wales at Cardiff um, in May, and then the Scottish Parliament at Edinburgh in July. In 2002, she celebrates her Golden Jubilee, marking 50 years on the throne crazy um her sister and her mother both die in that same year um in february and march respectively um and the media is kind of like so is this gonna be it is wild the media is like is this gonna be as fun as the other ones basically they're like is this gonna be a success you know it's like a good time who cares right yeah like she's already had several celebrations she just lost two of her closest family members who cares chill out (laughs) yeah right it's like you guys can celebrate as much as you want that's really up to you right (laughs) yeah um but you know that she still goes on tours during the celebration and you know it's fine it goes fine Mm mm-hmm um, in 2003, Elizabeth sues the Daily Mirror uh, for breach of confidence, um, and she gets an, an injunction which prevents them from publishing information gathered by a reporter who had posed as a footman at Buckingham Palace, Huh. which I found interesting. Again, like, how are they getting so many people into this dang palace? Yeah, it's concerning. <laughs> it's very concerning. This would Ugh. this would not happen at like I don't know. This this doesn't seem like it would happen at other royal palaces. Like why is this no. happening? <laughs> I don't even think this would happen at the White House. Uh, pro- well, not now. Yeah. Because of how much security they have at this point in our our country's history. I mean, right. they, in the past maybe, but Yeah. Yeah, not but in like, 2003. At that, yeah, yeah. I was like yeah. looking at the year. No way. No way. 
that's a post 9-11 world, baby. You got to have more security. I'll tell <laughs> Truly. you what. Truly. Um, so from 1997 to 2007, Tony Blair is Elizabeth's prime minister. Oh, Tony Blair. Famous one. And they also do not really get along. No, they do <laughs> um, not. In May of 2007, uh, the Daily Telegraph reports that Elizabeth is, quote, exasperated and frustrated by Tony Blair's policies. They get this from, um, you know, an unnamed source. But again, if you know anything about how the system with the media works in the palace, that is someone in the palace saying that. Yeah. Um, and she's concerned that the British armed forces are overstretched in Iraq and Afghanistan, which, you know, hey, that is a fair assessment. Um, and she, um, yeah, she she's just very impatient with him. Now, she does admire his efforts to achieve peace in Northern Ireland. Oh, Northern Ireland. That's a whole other beast. A whole other beast. Um, but... That's about all the credit she can give him. They don't get along very well at all. Yeah. In 2005, Elizabeth grants permission for Charles to marry Camilla Parker Bowles, who was, of course, the woman with whom he cheated on Diana. Um, She is also a divorcee. And, of course, uh-huh. so is Charles. So and is currently the queen consort of England. We, I don't want to talk about that at all, Amanda. Which is like, I oh really don't want to talk about that at oh all. Oh, my God. It's anyway. very upsetting to me that she got yeah. that time. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to uh-huh. talk about it. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, yes, so both divorcees. Yeah, so here we go. Big old shift. I uh-huh. wonder, I often wonder if Margaret was, like, looking down on that. Like, really? Like, girl, come on. Really? Those two? You're going to let those two get married? Really? But I couldn't marry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's how and I who, feel about it. And who could blame her? No, not a bit. I mean, I didn't love the guy that was divorced that she wanted to marry because it seemed like a kind of gross situation. Uh-huh. But I am uh, would be on Margaret's side logically for what yeah. she should have been allowed to. Yeah. Um... So Charles and Camilla get married in 2005. Elizabeth and Prince Philip don't attend the civil ceremony. Um, But they do have like a religious blessing um, and they have a little reception at Windsor that they um, attend. Um, uh, Again, I really, really recommend Harry's book if you want to know like all the tea on this vibe in the air when this was happening. Uh-huh. Like, if you haven't read it yet, if you're listening and you haven't read it, um, because I know Amanda hasn't read it. Um, yeah. There is a point in the book where he says, like, um, there, Charles came to them and was like, I am going to be seeing Camilla, like, for real. Like, we're, you know, people will know we're in a relationship. And the boys asked him, okay, but p- can you please not marry her? And then he did. So there's more there to unpack, but that's not the topic of today's episode. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, On December 21st, 2007, Elizabeth passes her great-great-grandmother, Queen Victoria, as the longest reigning British monarch. 
wild. I know. I was alive to see that. Isn't that crazy to think that, about? Yeah, I was <laughs> too. I know, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah. do you ever think to yourself, like, I was alive to see that. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> and isn't it weird that in 2007, that was able to happen? Like, in my mind, by 2007, there should not have been a monarchy anymore. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? Well, and the fact that not only did she pass her, she then lived. Yeah. As long as she did. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely wild. Ugh. There are going to be some more firsts here. Um, mm-hmm. She becomes the first British monarch to celebrate a diamond wedding anniversary in November of 2007. Huh. Oh, yeah. Um, in the same year. Whoa, that's yeah, crazy. I know. Um, on March 20th, 2008. Another great that's birthday. That's my birthday. Um, that's my birthday. She, she attends the first Maundy service held outside of England or held outside of England and Wales at the Church of Ireland St. Patrick's Cathedral. Huh. Um I'm sorry, I had to read for a second. Okay. She makes the first state visit to the Republic of Ireland by a British monarch in May of 2011. Oh wow. 2011. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I um went to that country in the same decade that she made her first <laughs> visit there. That is wild. That is wild. I that went is, there seven years later. That's that's the year after I graduated from college. Yeah. Yeah. I know. In 2012, um, Elizabeth celebrates her Diamond Jubilee, 60 years on the uh-huh. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, I lost track of my tabs. Okay. Um, on December 18th, she becomes the first British sovereign to attend a peacetime cabinet meeting since huh. George III in 1781. Why? I don't Did remember. Did she go? I don't remember. Huh. I, I couldn't look too deep. I couldn't deep dive into all of the events. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as you will recall, she had opened the Summer Olympics in Montreal in 1976, um, and then she opens the 2012 Summer yeah, Olympics she does. and Paralympics in London, and this makes her the first head of state to open two Olympic Games in two countries. Whoa. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, and of course, if you watch the London Olympics, you will recall that she plays herself in a little short film at the beginning where she is with Daniel Craig as James Bond. So she's good. A, a Bond girl, quote unquote. And she jumps out of a helicopter, she said with air quotes. Um, <laughs> it was a stunt person, obviously. Um, um, but because of that, on April uh, 4th, 2013, she receives an honorary bath. I forgot about that. uh, For her patronage of the film industry, and they call her, quote, the most memorable Bond girl yet at the ceremony. So funny. (laughs) I will never forgive all of England for not letting (laughs) David Tennant run with the torch Mm -hmm. in the 2012 Olympics. Yeah, I don't get it. They missed a ridiculous opportunity, and I still can't believe they didn't do it. And I'll never forgive England. famous tv show yeah and then they didn't do it and they just didn't i know i'll never forgive them i'm with i'll never forgive them all of england her included (laughs) all of you 
You you all did it to me. You've all failed me. <laughs> um, on March third of twenty thirteen, she stays overnight at the King Edward the Seventh Hospital um, as a precaution after she starts developing symptoms of gastroenteritis. Enteritis. I don't I don't know if I spelled that said that right. Enteritis. Gastroenteritis, sorry. Um, a week after that, she signs a new charter of the Commonwealth. <laughs> so she's still working, still busy. Just out there on her grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, she becomes the oldest current reigning monarch, uh, oldest current monarch, so current uh-huh. for the, the year that we are in at this time, uh-huh. after King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia dies on January 23rd, 2015. Uh-huh. So in 2015, she's the oldest, you know, reigning monarch. Um, on September 9th of 2015, she becomes the longest reigning queen regnant and female head of state in the world. Wild. Um, later, she becomes the longest reigning current monarch and the longest serving current head of state after the death of a king's name I'm going to mess up, King Bumibol? maybe, of Thailand um, on October 13th, 2016, um, and the oldest current head of state um, after Robert Mugabe of Zimbabwe resigns on on November 21st, 2017. You know, the fact that she starts gaining all of those accolades all within the same set of years is like maybe a little telling. Like maybe it's time <laughs> yeah, maybe for this to time, not be a y'all. thing anymore. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe a lot of people are going away from this and you should jump on into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. You would think, Amanda, you would think. Uh-huh. But, alas, on February 6th of 2017, she becomes the first British monarch to celebrate a Sapphire Jubilee, which was 65 yeah. years. Um, On November 20th, um she is the first british monarch to celebrate a platinum wedding anniversary so 70 <laughs> just years. stacking them up yep um philip had uh sort of retired from his official duties in august of 2017 so he wasn't really in the public eye anymore i remember when this happened because he's old he was old as bones yes he was he looked like a literal zombie yeah he sure did like they were propping him up like weekend at bernie's hundred uh, percent <laughs> yeah that's the vibe that he weekend. had for the last few years of his life weekend at prince philip yeah, big time. Big Put some time. sunglasses on that bad boy. Just towed oh, him no. out. <laughs> like, that was very much where we were at. <laughs> and he's so tall that it's like... If you look at pictures of him towards the end of his life, like, he really good. do be looking like that. Yeah, he was very old. Um, he's like the wrinkled thing in um, um, Spongebob. <laughs> the oh my chocolate. god. Like, that's Stop the energy it. that he had. <laughs> I'm not wrong. <laughs> Oh, no. It was the energy that he carried towards the end of his life. Hopefully it was all. Oh, God. I was really not expecting this type of drag at this moment. Um, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to does. tell you. You're right. You're right. You're not wrong. It's, I just was not expecting. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Um... <laughs> 
so he's um, retired from his official duties as the queen's consort. Um, she kind of starts to step back her own engagements around this time um, and starts letting Charles uh, and some of the other senior members of the family um, take them Take on. the heat, as it were. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. Literally, they sure did. Um, so in November of 2017, the media reports that the queen has around $13 million invested in offshore accounts. <laughs> what? Excuse me? Yeah. Um, this comes after the leak of the Paradise Papers mm. um, to a German newspaper. And these are, um, they share the documents with the International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. Um, and so (laughs) they have to basically come out and say, like, yes, we do have investments in overseas accounts, but they're all legit. They're not, uh, shady at all. Uh, but it's not, Mm, I really believe you. I really believe you when you say that. (laughs) It's not a great look. Um, also in 2017, the former owner of a lingerie company called Rigby and Peller, um, which had serviced Elizabeth for more than 50 years, um, the owner writes a tell-all autobiography, and it includes a lot of her experiences with the royal family. So it's a little bit misleading in the opener. Sorry about that. The tell-all isn't all about them, but it has a lot of information about them. Uh-huh. Um, and... The author says that it doesn't quote that. Sorry, the author says quote the book doesn't contain anything naughty, um, but the queen, in response, uh, revokes the company's royal warrant, so they are no longer allowed to serve the royal family. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you, what do you expect after I, publishing something like that? Like that was what real. was going to happen. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth undergoes cataract surgery in May of 2018, and in March of 2019, she gives up driving on public roads, um, mostly because of a car crash involving her husband about two months before that. I don't know if you remember the car crash, but I do. Well, you can't Uh, let zombies drive cars. just not in their skill set yeah it's not for the best no what were they expecting when they just propped him up in front of the wheel yeah for real um in may of 2018 of course her grandson prince harry marries Meghan markle and that is a big drama okay my favorite okay so i was in ireland when they got married yes i remember um, which means i didn't have to watch it in the middle of the night like everybody else and my favorite thing about it it, right (laughs) i've my favorite parts of it since then but i right my favorite thing about that, though, was that we were in Galway. We were staying in a uh, bed and breakfast. And the woman who ran the bread and be- breakfast was like, hey, if you want hot breakfast, I'll make it for you. We have like cereal and stuff. But like, if you yeah. want eggs or whatever, I'll make it for you. And she was coming in and out of the kitchen, just giving us all of the tea on the wedding as people were arriving. And it was my favorite. <laughs> so she would come in and like pour some coffee and she would go, you'll never believe what Victoria Beckham is wearing. And then she'd just go back into the <laughs> kitchen. And it was my favorite way to experience the royal wedding was just this woman reacting to it live. Oh my God, it was the best. I will never forget her coming out of the kitchen and her little apron with a pot of coffee going, you'll never believe what Victoria Beckham is wearing. (laughs) There's not a better way to experience a a royal wedding, I don't think. No, for sure. Like that was, I I, like checked the news a couple times that day just to see what was going on, but I didn't like sit and watch it. But she was active. She, I walked by the kitchen at one point. She was just leaning and watching her little (laughs) kitchen TV and she was watching it all happen. It was the best. So funny. 
Um, we're not going to talk much about the Harry and Meghan stuff because, again, it, you know, not uh, a topic for this episode. But no. I, I do recommend the book. Seriously. And I'm not – I don't keep saying it because I'm like, Harry's I'm a, Harry's number one fan and you should read his book. That's not what I mean. It's a yeah. really interesting, like, historical account of the family life and his experience living in a royal family – Losing his mother, marrying someone he loves, and being basically forced out of his home country because he refuses to allow history to repeat itself with his wife. It's yeah. so interesting. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's not the point. We'll move on. Yeah. Um, in 2019, big scandal. Uh, her son, Prince Andrew, is um, accused of having a... Well, a, re- a friendship with Jeffrey Epstein um, and is accused of essaying a young girl, um, uh-huh. which I, allegedly he did this. I'm going to say my personal opinion. He definitely did it. Yeah. Um, 100%. Um, but that's just my opinion. Don't come for me. Um, so there's a whole other... You know, that's a big media storm. She, um, he's forced to step down from his public duties. Um, you know, it's hard to say, like, was that Elizabeth's doing or was it the system telling Elizabeth you have to, you know, force him to step him down? From, yeah. Um, at this point, she is so old, it makes almost no difference, right? Um, right. Whose decision it was, let's be honest. Um, and then, of course, in January of 2020, that is when Harry and Meghan decide to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, they step away from royal duties, which, again, that whole process, really fascinating. I definitely recommend, like, reading up on how that all came to be. Because mm-hmm. um, it was dramatic and really interesting. But, again, this causes another big media firestorm. And then, of course, on March 19th of 2020... Um, the pandemic has hit, COVID pan- pandemic has hit, and Elizabeth is moved to Windsor Castle. She's sequestered there as a precaution mm-hmm. uh, because, wow, what a privilege to be able to just go to your private castle and hide out uh, mm-hmm. and be protected, but whatever. Yep. Um, all of her public engagements are canceled. Um, they, Windsor Castle follows a very strict sanitary protocol and they nickname it the HMS Bubble. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. That is really funny. (laughs) On April 5th, she makes a televised broadcast. It's watched by an estimated 24 million people in the UK. I remember Um, this. Yeah, and she asks them to, quote, take comfort that while we may have more still to endure, better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. I remember that very vividly. I remember watching that video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on May 8th, the 75th anniversary of VE Day, um, she does a tele, there's a television broadcast at 9 p.m., which is the exact time at which her father, George VI, had broadcast to the nation, um, on the same day in 1945, Mm -hmm. and she asks the people to, quote, never give up, never despair. I played that video for my kids when we talked about VE Day. Cool. I, I played them the clip of... 
Winston Churchill's speech mm-hmm. announcing that they had won. Um, and then I played them the clip of her from the 75th anniversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it also, it transitions from him speaking to her. Right. Like, that's how they broadcasted it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can very much tell that they're related when you see oh, them right. side by side like that. Yes. Yeah. Every time I look at her father, I see that Russian uh, yeah. line that uh-huh. he looks so much like um, Nicholas. Nicholas II. He looks yeah. just like that whole line. Um, they all look very similar. Uh-huh. Um, on April 9th of 2021, Prince Philip dies at the age of 99. As we mentioned, he was very old. Mm-hmm. Um, they had been married for 73 years. And wow. this makes Elizabeth the first British monarch to reign as a widow or widower since Queen Victoria. Wow, so she really just took all of Queen Victoria's know, <laughs> weird yeah. little... Um, being in mourning was like kind of Victoria's thing. Yeah. <laughs> you took it. Um, she was reportedly at his bedside when he passed mm. and remarked in private that his death had, quote, left a huge void. Um, due to the COVID restrictions, um, Elizabeth has to sit alone at his service. Yeah. Which created a really interesting image. Mm-hmm. That had never really existed before. Uh, well, and it's also at the height sitting alone at her husband's funeral. Well, like, and really... it's also at the height of all the drama with the royal family too. So it yes. really illustrates this idea that she's all alone uh-huh. in this family. Well, like, also, yeah, like, this like image of the queen mourning in isolation while everybody is in isolation and kind of mourning this big, huge world event. That's really it's interesting. Weird. It was and, weird. Uh, yeah, kind of bizarre. Okay, so now we're going to loop back around to something earlier from earlier. So on Christmas Day of 2021, she's staying at Windsor Castle and a 19-year-old uh just <laughs> I know, I know. Jasmine Singh Shile, I think that's how you say his name, uh breaks into the gardens using a rope ladder and carrying a crossbow. <laughs> Um, looking to assassinate Elizabeth in revenge for the previously mentioned massacre in India. Oh my god! What's up with these kids? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, now, before he can enter any of the buildings, they arrest him. So he doesn't actually get inside. Well, that's better. <laughs> so at least we've had some improvement. Yeah. Um, and he is arrested and detained under the Mental Health Act. Um, and in 2023, he he pled guilty to attempting to injure or alarm the sovereign. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. Alarm would, I would say that pretty much covers it, huh? Mm-hmm. That's one way to put it, I guess. Um, on February 6th of 2022, Elizabeth celebrates her Platinum Jubilee, marking 70 years on the throne. Mm-hmm. Um, and later that month, she... Develops minor cold-like symptoms, and then she tests positive for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, along with some and of folks, the staff, we and really thought that was gonna be it. Yeah, I really thought, oh, she's got COVID. She's old. I don't know how well yeah. she'll recover. Yeah. Um, and this was a big deal. She misses the state opening of Parliament in May for oh, the first yeah. time in fifty-nine years. When she missed that, I was like, oh, that's it. 
Like, she's, yeah. Whether she's going now or not, she's pretty much done, right? She can't physically do as much as she used to. Uh-huh. Um, the only other time she didn't attend was in 1959 and 1963 when she was pregnant with Andrew and Edward, respectively. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but every other year that she was on the throne that they had a state opening, she she was there. Um, during the Platinum Jubilee celebrations, she's mostly confined to balcony appearances, obviously. Mm-hmm. She misses the national service of Thanksgiving. Again, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, on September 6th, <laughs> she appoints her 15th British Prime Minister, Liz Trust, at Balmoral Castle. Uh, Liz Trust, excuse me. And that uh, sure did not last long. Uh, Liz Trust became Prime Minister and she said, I will see this queen out. <laughs> and, said, then oh, and then she did and then she promptly left. <laughs> yeah. Well, left. Um, but Turned this, right around and said, no, thank you. I know. But this is oh. the only time that she did not receive a new prime minister at Buckingham Palace during her reign. I, can't, I think about it often. Liz Truss yeah. really was playing the long game. <laughs> and then the very short game. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, no other British reign had seen more prime ministers than mm-hmm. hers. Um, her last public message is issued on September 7th, and it's to the Canadian people in the aftermath of the Saskatchewan stabbings, which were awful, um, Mm -hmm. but a subject for another time. Mm -hmm. Um, she, I'll tell you what, though, she did not plan to abdicate. She took on a lot fewer public engagements. Um, Charles started to take on more of those duties, but she tells a Canadian governor general in a meeting in 2002 that she would never abdicate. She says, quote, it is not our tradition. Although I suppose if I became completely gaga, one would have to do something. (laughs) She said, she said, it is not our tradition. She said, forget that one guy. He does not exist. To a certain someone, mm-hmm. it's not our tradition. I find myself in this position because of attitudes <laughs> like that. Exactly right. And that I have no exactly interest in it. Right. She's like, did we forget what happened last time? Hmm? She said, I would never. Mm-hmm. And, she's and like, who and could she's blame like, I'm her? I'm not a Nazi either, so there. <laughs> and so there. Suck it well, up, and Edward. you know, it, and quietly in the long run, I think she was maybe just really secretly hoping that um, she would maybe outlive. I was hoping she'd outlive Charles. Yeah, I I say this a lot. I always thought she would outlive him sheerly out of spite. Yeah, because it's not that they had like a hateful relationship, but I think she was well aware that he was not really fit to be king, and also that the public did not like him. Yeah. <sighs> Now, Charles and his dad, those were the two that had the really contentious relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Just another reason that Philip um, is a real stinker. <laughs> yeah, he was not kind to his son. Charles probably would not be the way that he is no, <laughs> without that. Not ev- not as much, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of people anyway. say that, isn't this a bummer? A lot of people say Andrew was definitely her favorite. Isn't that a big bummer? What a letdown. Yeah, down. that sucks. Can you imagine? <laughs> no. Oh. Yikes. He's the worst. He is the worst. You can say a lot about Charles, but at least he didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> okay, so on September 8th of 2002, Buckingham Palace, uh, 2002, 2022, <laughs> Buckingham Palace releases a statement which reads, Following further evaluation this morning, the Queen's doctors are concerned for Her Majesty's health and have recommended she remain under medical supervision. The Queen remains comfortable and at Balmoral. <sighs> can, I, can I tell you a little bit about my day that day? Well, hold on. Okay. Let's just get to this next one. Okay. So she dies peacefully at 1510 British Standard Time, which is mm-hmm. 310 3, in the afternoon Eastern Time. <laughs> I had to count. Look at both of us doing um, that math. I know. At the age of 96, um, and her children, Charles and Anne, are with her at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, her death is announced to the public at 1830 British Standard Time. So 530. 6.30? I knew it. We're crushing it. Um, And this sets in motion Operation London Bridge, which has been planned for a long time. I mean, it was the plan for when the queen passed. I mean, she's 96, right? Like, it was Mm going to happen. Um, And because she dies in Scotland, there they call it Operation Unicorn. Mm -hmm. Loved. Well, it's just Um, a different um, branch of the operation based on where she died. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth is the first monarch to die in Scotland since James V in 1542. Mm-hmm. And her death certificate records her cause of death as old age. I am ju- I am intensely curious about, like, what the actual cause was. Like, um, was it I heart mean, failure? Like, I, I, I want to know. It's hard to say. Like, yeah. it seemed like it... I think it was probably some sort of symptom left over from her bout with COVID plus probably. her age. I would guess lungs or something, yeah. But who knows? Well, okay. Never can I know. tell you? Can I yes. tell you about my day that day? Please okay. Do. So I, um, it, this was a school day. I am a history teacher, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you all know. Um, and so when I go on my lunch that day, I get on the internet and I see the statement from the, um, from Buckingham Palace. And I went, oh, homegirl's already dead if they yeah. sent that out. You texted me. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to find it, but it was obviously a while back. So I'm not yeah. sure if I'll be able to. But you texted me something like, I don't remember exactly what you said. Something like, it, like it's happening. The queen's dying. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you said something like, have you seen the news about the queen? And I was like, yeah. uh-oh, she's definitely dying. Yeah. Or possibly dead already. Yeah. So I am walking around on my lunch and my plan is back to back. And every single person I run into, I go, have you heard that the queen is dying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen that the queen is dying? I was doing it on dying? all my calls, too. Yeah, I was all yeah. my work calls. I was like, did you see the queen's dying? Did you see? <laughs> I'm walking around to everyone. Have you seen that the queen is dying? I have my phone dead gripped in my hand. A, <laughs> um, a tab on my computer muted on the news just playing um, because I have classes in the afternoon. My kids are taking a test, Okay. So my fifth period comes and goes, no news. Sixth period, they're halfway through their test. I wander back to my desk, news on my computer, Queen Elizabeth has died. And I'm sitting there like this, just hands on face, silent, panicking, sitting at my desk going, oh my God, 
I had other things to do today, but that is no more. So, and I am just it's all waiting now. for my kids to finish this freaking test because I can't interrupt them. To t- I can't go, everybody stop taking your test. The Queen of England is dead. Everybody shut up. The Queen um, died. So I'm just sitting there waiting. And then finally they finish their test and I go, okay, guys. So, um... While you were taking your test, an incredibly important historic event happened because the Queen of England just died. And they all said, excuse me? And I said, the Queen of England has died. And I'm going to put on the news and that's what we're doing. Um, (laughs) So so I turned on the news and we sat and we watched it. I had a kid at the end of class go, the Queen of England died and I was drawing a potato. (laughs) And he references that. All the time, that kid. And then my seventh period came in and I said, so listen, you guys, the Queen of England has just died. You have to take a test. You will take the test and then we will watch the news. Take your test quickly. I'm begging you. Um, I found it. You texted me. Are you you following the news on the Queen? (laughs) And I said, I haven't been online much. And you said, you know, she was taken to Balmoral, et cetera, et cetera. And then you Uh said, I think today is going to be the day she goes. (laughs) Yeah, well, because there was a little bit of, is it going to be today? Is it going to be this week? But I, the second they said that, I went, she is already dead. Yeah, <laughs> because they would not I have announced that. talking about your lesson plans immediately. Yes. Which is well, very funny to Because what I ended up doing is, be, her lifetime is the exact period of time that I teach. I so the next day, I did a lesson on her life and her reign as monarch and all of the events that we talk about in my class that she lived through. Yeah. And yeah. then you just texted me, like, so we talked about that for a little bit. Big gap in our conversation for an hour and a half or so. And then you mm-hmm. texted me, she's dead. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and I said, yes, I have the news on. I saw it. Yeah. Well, uh, and then I was also running down the hall to all of the people I had told, did you see that the queen is dying? And between classes, and I was telling everybody, she d- she's dead, the queen died. Yeah. And then I had a teacher who I had told, she called me and said, did you see? I said, yes, I did. Thank you yeah. so much for updating me. Of course I saw. Yeah. Um, I was like messaging somebody at work who like did not care right and i'm like i have right. to talk to somebody about this <laughs> i ran across right. the hall to the other history teacher and i said hi the queen of england has passed and he went oh and i said mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely wild. anyway that was a fascinating day for me <laughs> yeah living through a historical moment as a history teacher that then you could it was weird really something it was yeah. crazy So, on September 12th, Elizabeth's coffin is carried up the Royal Mile in a procession to St. Gillies, Gillies, Giles, uh, Cathedral, Giles, right? I can't remember. I think so. I think it's Um, Giles. Where the crown of Scotland was placed on the coffin, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, was also, um, you know. A whole thing. A whole thing. Um, her coffin lay at rest at the cathedral for 24 hours, guarded by the Royal Company of Archers. Um, and during that time, around 33,000 people the in the queue filed past the coffin, which is the wild. The queue. 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 Um, queue. That is interesting. That is a, it's like, I understand it, but watching it happen was like, wow. What? Yeah. Wow. I've just never seen a whole country do that. <laughs> do that. I, I don't even. And maybe it's because our country is so vast 
that that wouldn't happen um, for any yeah. reason. I mean, there are a couple reasons that wouldn't happen. Like, first of all, the person in charge of our country is not a monarch. So mm-hmm. there's that, there's less of the like, sort of reverence that kind the of, mourning it, process is very it's very different. different it's very different um but also like physically it could not happen so no. <laughs> i just found that really fascinating um it's ta- her coffin is taken by air to london on september 13th and then on september 14th um her coffin is taken in a military procession from buckingham palace to westminster hall where I- she then lay in state for four days her Funeral. I remember started at like five thirty six something crazy up. in the morning. I got up and I watched it on my way to work. I was walking in, phone in hand, watching it and then playing it for my kids at yeah, the beginning of the up, day. I got up early to watch it. Yeah. Um, we can talk more about the funeral once I get through all the specifics. So uh-huh. uh, the coffin is guarded by members of both the sovereign's bodyguard and the household division. An estimated 250,000 members of the public filed past the coffin. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were po- politicians and public officials. That was the cue, actually, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's the cue, the big anyway, one. Anyway, so, you know. Who yeah, the four-day four yes, was the, the cue. Yeah. Um, and then on September 16th, her children hold a vigil around her coffin. And then the next day, her eight grandchildren also <laughs> had one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, uh, the whole funeral procession was really interesting to watch because, um, especially on television and mm-hmm. having commentary, like that was bizarre. Yeah. Um, to have, like, newscasters having to fill the space while this procession was happening. I mm-hmm. mean, it wasn't constant. Like, there were certainly times where they kind of did, just didn't say anything. But, you know, they're on TV. They got to say something. Um, so it was a lot of, like, especially early on when it was, like, the, you know, before anything really was happening other than, like, the walking. Right? Um, and... It was very weird to watch on American television, like, British commentators talking about the queen and how wonderful she was and the memory of her and yeah. and all this stuff that was, like, you know, that's where the real kind of weirdness comes in because she was very well liked as a queen and yet... The monarchy should not exist, and she yeah. was certainly a colonialist. And it's just like a weird thing that the yeah. whole country was in mourning over someone that they that doesn't really govern them. And like, I don't know. And it's something I can't understand as an American. So yeah, know, I have no reference for that. But well, it's also weird for me to think that we are definitely going to live through another one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what happens? You know, it's like, I, I don't know. It's so bizarre. And like, yeah, you know, and then you've got all the people being like, I'm not sad that she died, which is like fair. I was not sad that she died. It was just like a big deal. Yeah, um, big historical moment. It was fascinating the to watch it all happen Other than the fact that she was live. like a 96-year-old a woman. But, being, um, yeah. Yeah, but you know, like, you know, they colonized a lot of countries and we're still ruling over a lot of those countries and mm-hmm. you have every right to be like glissies mm, and not box, as they say you know like it, it was a weird thing to watch happening 
That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, her state funeral is held at Westminster Abbey on September 19th, which marks the first time that a monarch's funeral service had been held at the Abbey since George II in 1760. Oh. Um, more than a million people lined the streets yeah. of central Lo- London, um, and the day is declared a holiday in most of the Commonwealth countries. Holiday in terms of, like, a bank holiday. No work. Not yeah. like a celebration. Um, yeah. <laughs> although they had, they had probably- several... They had several holiday, like they took several days off of work and school and yeah. everything when she died. Yeah. It was like there's like a whole week of mourning period or something yeah. like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth's fell pony and two royal corgis stand at the side of the procession. <laughs> I remember seeing that as weird. Uh, um, and after a committal service at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle, she is interred with her husband, Philip, in the King George VI Memorial Chapel um, later that same day in a private ceremony. And that's just her friends and family. Yeah. It's also weird because, like, he couldn't be properly interred until she was, and they have to lay together in a certain the way. Queen. And, yeah. yeah, and like other members of her family, it was the same way. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, none of them were like officially interred until after she died. It's weird. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Bizarre. So just a few little last notes here. So during her reign, Elizabeth rarely gives interviews and she's largely apolitical because that's what she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of touched on before, she has a very deep sense of religious and civic duty. Um, she takes her coronation oath very seriously. Um, I always thought this was interesting about her. So aside from her official religious role as Supreme Governor of the Established Church of England, she also would worship. So she would worship worship at that church, but also the church of the National Church of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mostly because she used to spend a lot of time in Scotland, but I just yeah. thought that interesting. Um, and she was kind of all about interfaith relations there, which I was also kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um and she meets with leaders of lots of churches and religions, including five popes, um, which is also wild because popes are usually around for a long time. Yeah. And she um, lived through five of them. Yeah. Um, she is pat- patron of more than 600 organizations and charities. Mm-hmm. The Charities Aid Foundation estimated that she had helped, raised o- helped to raise over 1.4 billion pounds for excuse me, for her patronages during her reign. Wow. Um, Of course, she was very well known for her love of corgis. She owned more than 30 descendants of the first corgi she received as a teenager. That's Uh, horrific. Until the the death of the final one from that line um, in 2018. Wow. Um, And... She also uh, bred thoroughbred horses. She mm-hmm. would go to a lot of racing events. Horses were kind of her thing. She was very that was her her capital H hobby. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and she enjoyed reading mysteries, working on crossword puzzles, and also watching wrestling on TV. <laughs> Which I can't. I don't know picture. why, but that tracks. <laughs> I can't picture it, but um, I can. I understand it. I guess. Oh, wow. So that's Elizabeth. Lord. Both of these episodes of are beasts. <laughs> complicated um, things about Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, I just, I certainly don't want anyone to think that because we spent all this time talking about her that we are, like, fans. 
Um, yeah. But it's just like deeply fascinated by her. Yeah, and such an interesting historical figure that like we overlapped with, which does not mm-hmm. usually happen. And we I think that we'll see all of these things. I think usually, we will so. never see a historical figure like her again. Absolutely Ever. not, because I don't think the monarchy will last long enough to, to see another And even if it me. does, there won't be somebody who reigns as long as her, well, no. lives through uh-huh. as much as she lived through. Like, the fact that she, like, was born when she was born and lived through World War Two and on, I don't know, it's just like, it's crazy to think about. And she took the throne at such a young age. Like, that's really interesting. Obviously... Her son had to wait a long time, um, which isn't usually the case. So, like, yeah. just, it's all fascinating to me. Yeah. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So, folks, we did it. Yeah. We did it. I'm We've really tired. been working our way through these fools for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And chances of me doing an episode about Charles are mm, low. No. And I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, we talked about Diana, like I said. So I don't really feel We've talked about Diana and we've talked about Philip. So we've talked about the more interesting parts of him Uh and his life, frankly. (laughs) Um, Unless he does something completely off the wall in the next few years before he goes. um, He might. I don't know. I don't think he will. I think he'll try to be as unconfrontational as possible and just get through it. (laughs) Because he knows he doesn't have long. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm really, I would love to hear people's opinions on uh, these episodes and what they think of Elizabeth and the monarchy. So if anybody has anything they'd like to share, uh, please send that stuff our way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's coming next for the podcast. Oh, wait, before we go on. We have Sawyer jokes. Oh, yeah. A Sawyer jokes. Great. Um, we actually have two Sawyer jokes. Sawyer Ooh. sent a Sawyer joke at the be- like before we recorded. Um, and then about how ha- Sawyer's been sitting here listening because they've been working on stuff while I've been um, recording. Uh, and so about halfway through when we were talking about somebody specifically, Sawyer sent me another Sawyer oh, joke. Right. And okay. so this, this is a live update. <laughs> okay, live update. Okay, okay, so the original Sawyer joke was... What do you call gossip about kings and queens? Um, gossip about kings and queens. I don't know. What? Royalty. Oh, duh. (laughs) Full, full throw the body back. (laughs) Okay, this one is really something. (laughs) Oh, God. How do you know Liz Truss is a master at political chess? She opened with a queen sacrifice. <laughs> the way I had to hold it together when I received that text message halfway through the episode, you would not believe. Oh, no. <laughs> it's really good. It's That's really, really good because it's also a really good chess joke. Yeah. And I don't know much about chess. All I know about chess is what I learned from watching The Queen's Gambit. But <laughs> that's a great joke. God, oh, that's good really stuff. <laughs> oh, that's great. Big ups <sighs> to Sawyer on those. Excellent. Thank you, Sawyer. Great success. Great success. Okay, so don't know what's coming next for the podcast. Um, we recorded these like pretty early in the 
month for these to come out. So yeah. like, I don't know what's well, – that's a ways off for what is yeah. coming next. So we don't have any ideas. Um, no. But if any of you have suggestions, uh, we would love to hear them. Please send them to us. You can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at rttpod. And we're also on Facebook if you're interested. Um, and if you want to find me on the internet, I am at the real Anna Webb. And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. Woo! Thanks for sticking it. with us, folks. We did it. A lot of talk about Elizabeth. I hope you enjoyed and found it interesting. Yeah. Um, if I missed something about her life that you were like, man, I wish she would have talked about that. Hey, let me know. Maybe I'll do like a quick Instagram video or something like that about it. Um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot in her life, so I'm sure mm-hmm. I missed things. Um, I mean, I definitely skipped some things. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, that's it for now. That was a beast. But uh, until next time. Remember that time. time.